Well, hello, friends. Buckle up for episode 175 of The Improvement Project, where I welcome international social psychologist Dr. Kinga Manish to discuss habits around emotional intelligence. Let's go. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being, trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. After 19 years of working with patients to help them take on better habits for health and wellness, as well as a year of personal monthly habit challenges, I've learned how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So I'm getting intentional about my habits and routines, and I'm hoping to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Today's episode is episode 175 of the Improvement Project podcast, and today I'm excited to welcome a special guest. Dr. Kinga Manish is an international social psychologist, educator, and speaker. She's a specialist in emotions, positive psychology, and gender. Her work solves myths of emotions by breaking down the complexity of the social and cultural concepts. Through her extraordinary research, she brings new ways of understanding how we can use emotions to be who we want to be, create impact, and flourish in life and in business. Dr. Kinga, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Peggy. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so excited that you're here today. My listeners heard your bio in the introduction, but I know that there is a lot more to your story. So I would love it if you would share a little bit more about yourself, your journey, and how you were inspired to do the work that you do in the way that you do it. That's a, well, uh, that's a really complex question, honestly, Peggy, (laughs) because it uh, starts very early on. But um, Mostly it started actually with my journey in in yoga and Buddhism, you know, really diving into understanding how I can control my own emotions and really also the the anger, I guess, that I was carrying within me when I was a teenager. Um, And that just kind of like brought me then into studying sociology and philosophy and then later on into social psychology. So... um, It's really mostly a journey of understanding myself, but also understanding my environment and the different cultures that I've lived in and grown up in and the society. And um, it somehow ends with me understanding that really there's very little that's necessarily wrong with us. It's more so learning to understand how the environment is impacting us and how we need to learn to navigate through this in order to be um, a better person, you know, but also, but also more so, uh, well, also and more so to kind of really be able to live a self-determined and free life. So for me, it's really at the end, all about creating freedom in my, in my life. Okay, amazing. So you mentioned anger as a teenager, and you mentioned different cultures. Can you give us a little bit more of your backstory, just so that my listeners know where you're coming from through the for to this work? Yeah, sure. So um, I was born in Poland, but grew up mostly in Germany. Um, When I was four and a half, my parents had to flee Poland, there was still the wall up between West and East Europe and all of that. And uh, we came basically as refugee and immigrants to Germany, um, and were in 
they call that, you know, assimilation camps, if you really translate it word for word. Uh, that's what they called them back then in Germany. Now they're just pure uh, refugee camps. <laughs> it's, you know, language changes. And I think that they also understood that that uh, maybe wasn't the best word of uh, framing it, you know, how to bring in people into the society. Um, when I was nine, we finally moved into an apartment. So that's where we didn't have to share common spaces anymore with other families and had also more than just one room as a family so till I was nine I was living basically with my parents uh just in one room just sharing the space um and uh then grew up as a Polish immigrant um within the German society which on the one side you know it's um and I guess that a lot of refugees and immigrants share the same story because when you're leaving one country and you're going into a new country what you're hoping for is to improve your life, right? You're, you want to improve your life. You want to set yourself up for, for more. Um, maybe you have to leave a country for security purposes. Maybe you're leaving it for economical, uh, economic purposes. Sometimes it's a mix of that. Um, but all of that also means that you're giving up part of your identity and you are also learning, well, not learning, but you're giving up everything that you had. So my parents came with me to Germany with two bags, a small child, and back then 200 DMARCs, which equals to about 100 US dollars right now, you know, even back then. Um, so you have really nothing. And then you have to start from scratch. And um, starting from scratch really takes a lot of determination and grit but it also means that you really have to consistently work on your mindset and I have to say that you know I, I saw my parents uh, go through the struggle uh, my mom more so because she had uh, depression uh, in between and I think that she still you know sometimes falls back into specific habits that it bring her back into life is hard you know the glass is half empty instead of half full and so on and um, as a teenager, it brings you into different um, situations, situations such as teachers not believing that you are meant for more, that you have what it takes in order to finish high school or step, you know, into university. I mean, there were all sorts of stories um, around me. You know, my parents had to listen to teachers tell them that they should be happy and satisfied if I make it and become a cashier at a grocery store and that would be enough. And not that there's anything wrong with these jobs, you know, that's not what I'm, what I mean, because I was part uh, for a long time also of a labor union um, fighting for, for, uh, for the rights of teenage workers and all of that. But it's not, you know, we, we are putting boundaries to the self-determination of what a human is capable of. And instead of inspiring and trying to help someone and say, you know what, there are so many things that are possible in your life. It kind of like puts the boundary and then additional obstacles from the outside. Now you have to fight against the obstacles of other people's beliefs, not just the, your own obstacles that we are already putting into our, you know, our own path. So, um, so that's that, that's really you know the teenage years, and then uh, I started looking for a new identity, and I guess also new country quite quite early on. So when I was fifteen, I went as an exchange student to Jacksonville, Florida, which um, was amazing. 
truly amazing. I mean, um, I'm, I'm still in touch with everyone. I made really good friends. Um, then came back uh, and then went again to New York when I was 19 as a teenager, went back to Germany, uh, went into university. And then while I was in university, I went to South Africa. But I traveled in between a lot and stayed in places also for, for longer period of time. But <clears throat> went in 2009 to South Africa for over a half a year. So it was a semester, but then I stayed a bit longer and traveled and then came back in 2010 and decided that I'm moving to South Africa. Um, and so I finished my master's degree. And then in 2011, in June, 2011, um, again, just with two bags, I sold everything that I had with back then um, my husband, which is my ex-husband turned into my ex-husband <laughs> in the journey of South Africa, um, moved there. Um, without knowing what I'm going to do, without knowing how I'm going to earn my money, without knowing necessarily how, how I'm going to do things, but just knowing that that country felt so right. Like I felt so accepted and integrated and not judged. Um, and that not, ju not judging people is such an important key to allowing them to understand who they want to be and what their skills are. Um, and that's really, you know, that, that significant part about South Africa, which then all turned just into, into so many amazing things. You know, I got hired by the Nelson Mandela University, started teaching. I, uh, I knew that I wanted to do my PhD. I just didn't know exactly how I'm going to tackle it. Um, and then came up with the idea of doing my PhD on uh, masculinity and emotions in high security prison facilities. And I had to go back to, to Germany just to secure, you know, my spot uh, at one of the universities in Germany and then, you know, do it in collaboration with both universities and all of that. I had the chance to, to, to create two nonprofit organizations, one of them kind of failed, <laughs> you know, there's more to it. Um, and, and was able to continue with my own consultancy. There's so, so many, so many amazing things that happened in that country. And even though that country has the history of apartheid, you know, still has racism and they are working through it. They are really trying to, to um, create a better world. I mean, they have tremendous, um, well, uh, economical issues and all of that, of course. But it's an amazing country and it's, it's truly, it truly is a rainbow nation. So, yeah. And then from there, I, um, as I mentioned already before, and it's not really on topic, but my ex-husband came with me. We got a divorce. He went back to Europe. He went actually to Denmark and I met someone else. And that person, well, we are married now. Uh, he is originally from Mexico and we met in South Africa, but he worked before in the U.S. And that's the reason why we are back in the U.S. <laughs> Just a full circle. Oh my goodness. So this is what I mean by a lot more to your story. Yes. What, a, what an amazing story. And, you know, the work that you do now, I'm sure is so um rich as a result of your experiences and one of the things that my listeners have is a keen interest in self-improvement so listening to your story and sort of what you had up what you had up against you as you went through all of these experiences it's amazing to me and i love this that you constantly were looking for in that you know self-determined way the next level and um 
I love the story. So I know that much of your work involves emotions and emotional intelligence. So you mentioned that a little bit when you were working with um, with men in, in the prison. But I, I'm curious to know, can you share with us exactly what is emotional intelligence? And maybe you can relate some of the stories uh, with the work you did in South Africa. Um, and how does emotional intelligence, how is it something that we can get more of? And are there specific habits that we can practice to become more self-aware of our emotions and to build emotional intelligence? Mm -hmm. So, you know, as I mentioned, just, just right at, uh, at the beginning of my story was anger, you know, and um, I do think that that's actually a key element for especially a lot of female uh, listeners, I guess, on your podcast, because anger isn't something that we are allowed to express as women. As men, yes, you know, it is one of the emotions that men um, are very versed in and have the permission by society in most cultures to express it in some sort of a way. So what is emotional intelligence? Emotional intelligence is really the self-awareness of understanding that not everything that you are feeling is actually something that comes from within you, but it is created in the world around you. So understanding that we are sometimes experiencing on, um, on an energetic basis, energy that is going through our body that we are then interpreting into a specific feeling that is given to us by the society. So we don't necessarily actually feel what we are feeling. Wow. Okay. Just to make it really complicated, let me now break it down for you. The easy part on it. And what I say is what's really important that every time when you're feeling something is you need to start by disconnecting yourself from it. So not that you don't feel it, but disconnect it from your own identity. So one of the biggest mistakes that we do, and I'm saying it's a, it's a mistake, is that we are, everything that we are feeling, we are placing it into our own identity. So we are identifying with our feelings. And by, based on that, we are judging ourselves. I'm good, I'm not so good. The people are giving me positive feelings or the people that are right now with me in a specific situation, they are making me feel negative, right? Is that, that's, that's clear, right? So the problem with that is that every time if we are identifying with it, we are judging ourselves and judgment is what makes situations negative or positive. If you take out that judgment component, then a situation becomes just a situation, just something that we are going through and it makes it easier for us to step aside and become the observer of it. So not everything that we are feeling necessarily is something that we want to experience. So what I do with, um, with my trainings and, and teachings is also tell people, you need to understand that feelings and emotions are not the same thing. Emotions is everything emotion within your body, meaning the chemical component to what you're feeling. And of course, you know, I mean, like raised heart rate, you know, maybe you're sweating when you're feeling specific, you know, specific emotions. And the feeling component is what we are or what we were taught to interpretate as a specific feeling on a cultural and situational basis. 
So, so what the, we're making that physiological <clears throat> state mean, it's like what our thoughts are making that state mean, right? Yes. Like I say, often to my patients, they'll say, I'm really nervous. And I'll say, did you know that physiologically that is the same as being excited? You just need to start thinking about it differently. Is this kind of what you mean? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It just, it becomes a little bit more complex in such a way that for example, um, love means to you something different than to me. Sure. Okay. And, and also here's the other thing. And that's, um, there's really groundbreaking work that has been done on it. Wherever you're experiencing anger, for example, or fear in the brain, most likely I'm experiencing it in a different area of my brain. So there is no such specific things as a center for fear or anger or love or envy or, you know, joy or happiness because we are all growing up in different ways and we have a different upbringing, our brain also develops, develops in a different way. And therefore you can find emotions in different areas of the brain. Depending on what people went through in different parts Depending. of their life and their development. Yes. yes. Interesting. And, that's the, and that's the reason why, for example, you know, jumping out of a, uh, of a plane, I always take that example, jumping out of a plane, because some people are afraid of it. And some people go in and say, yes, I feel it. I'm a little bit afraid, but this is so exciting. Let's jump. Right. And it's, it depends on how are we processing it in that moment and which areas of the brain are processing that moment and that emotion. Wow. So this is where it gets, uh, it gets convoluted then. So that, that makes your gets, work very interesting. That's where it gets convoluted, but also that's where, where it really gets um, interesting because the moment you really understand it, that's the moment when you're creating more freedom for yourself, because that's the moment when you are able to step away from complicated, difficult situations and understand that something is happening, but you can just let it happen without necessarily getting attached to, to the feelings that are happening in that moment. So just to give you a very simple, simple example, you know, when you're feeling pain, okay, you're having a headache right throughout the day the headache is there and you're focusing on it and it's so easy to say ah oh, today i'm having a headache i'm not the best version of myself or it's not going the, the way it should go but then you have a day where you don't have a headache how often do you say i'm feeling great i don't feel any pain you know like bringing that focus into that moment and saying wow there is actually nothing there's no cloudiness in my brain everything it's the same thing with with feelings and emotions you know we are so easily focusing on the negative ones and getting attached to them instead of focusing on the positive ones but when we when we do for that one moment and focus on the the pleasant the pleasant experiences the pleasant emotions that's where we actually understand really the difference between what is an emotion what is a feeling and what am i and how am i experiencing it based on past experiences so how do i go into a moment and see the moment for what it is i mean and that's really mindfulness right i mean that's a lot of the concepts of what joe dispenser talks about that's what what buddhism talks about that's what we are now starting to talk about also in positive psychology really that that ability to be in the moment without attaching all your past experiences and knowledge and filtering it filtering your present feeling through the filter of the past 
it sort of seems like every book you read, everything you hear, and it seems more and more it's coming into that general zeitgeist mm -hmm. of you got to stay here, got to be here mm -hmm. and here now and stop fast forwarding and stop going in back in time and focus here, get curious about here. Mm -hmm. Get curious, right? And there's also, you know, that beautiful saying, uh, be curious instead of judgmental. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, um, and I think this is interesting. It's interesting for me. So please answer it for me, but for the listeners as well, the, the fact that socially uh, for women, anger is something that we're not sort of allowed to feel. And I think it's sort of related. I think it's pretty common that uh, a lot of women um, feel sensitive or deflated by criticism. And it's one of the things that stops them from putting themselves out there, from being seen. So I'm wondering if potentially that's related to that anger piece, like you said, and also if you have any advice for, for women to lessen the negative impact of criticism. Mm -hmm. You know, so, okay, there are several studies. There's actually uh, one brilliant book that I wish that I would have written it. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> the Confidence Code. Um, I can just highly recommend it to any woman out there just to, you know, get a copy um, and read it because there are two researchers. Um, I think also both of them are social psychologists or one of them social psychologists and the other one is psychologist. And they um, actually talk about exactly what you just, just asked. So A, where does it come from? So why is it so much harder for women to deal with crit criticism or judgment than for men? And one of the answers that they've given, and I've seen it also is, of course, in the upper bringing, and they're bringing it down to how women enter sports and how many women do and go into team sports and how many don't and how many women actually go into competitive sport. And so in competitive sport and team sports, you learn to lose. You learn to be okay with not being the best. You learn to go through specific situations and learn that you need to fail and i'm you know putting it in quotes failure in order to understand how to get to the next point meaning using situations as stepping stones so men learn that from early on while we usually go more into arts you know into just expressing beauty into being soft into you know just doing things where you're not where you can't harm yourself but every time when you're not harming yourself you're also not putting yourself out there so you're not learning to be okay with those feelings with the emotions that are around it so what can we do as women in order to be more okay with criticism and judgment and a here's a the answer to it is, is a little bit complicated because first, first, before I tell you what, what we can do or what, what is one of my favorite tactics, if you put yourself into a situation where you're allowing others to give you constructive feedback, to give you something that can be seen also as judgment, you need to, under, you need to really understand if the person in front of you wants the best for you. And if this is a person that you can really trust, because you're trusting now the person with your emotions, with your internal world. So once you know that, and that's, and here's the thing, because sometimes, you know, I had yesterday a great, great, great conversation with someone where someone was also giving supposedly kind feedback, you know, and speaking from a place where they meant the best, but what they were doing was just, you know, like really trying to manip manipulate the person and making them believe something else. And so um, 
I don't have a quick, uh, quick answer to how do you decide if you can trust someone, but hopefully every listener knows this is a person that I can trust. And then really schedule a time and ask for constructive feedback and ask for, you know, ask for someone's opinion, giving them the permission to tell you things that are difficult for you to hear and then go through the motions. Because we have to relearn how we can deal with those difficult emotions. And it's, I cannot, I cannot send you back, you know, 10 or 15 years or 20 years. So you're again, a teenager and tell, you know, go, go and play sports, <laughs> trying to be competitive. Right. So now we need to kind of like refamiliarize ourselves and make ourselves comfortable with discomfortable feelings, because it's all just about learning to be comfortable with it. One of the things that I love to tell my clients is go out and do something that you know you're going to fail at and enjoy every moment of it. So let's say you're not good at skiing, you know, maybe you've done it just once. Go out and ski and enjoy every fall. Celebrate every time when you're falling and you're standing it up. Instead of falling and saying, oh, I'm not good at it. Whoa, I've done it. You know, I've done, I've went a little bit further. I like, I stood up again and I like, I understood that, you know, now I can shift a little bit more my, 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 my weight into one ski in order to be able to, you know, take the turn, celebrate the micro moments. Because that is positive reframing. That is what we call also in positive psychology, um, reality architecture. We are transforming what we are seeing as positive or negative. And so being able to receive constructive crit criticism in a way that you can really take it in is a form of you understanding that this is actually not negative, but it is positive because it's going to help you to take the next step. It feels similar to what you were describing earlier about um, the physiology that you have going on when you're getting criticism, you're interpreting it in a certain way, and now you're teaching yourself to interpret it in a different way. Yes, of course. It's all about reframing, right? At the yeah. end, of the day, it's all about reframing. It's Here's the thing, you know, so I love there, I work a lot with positive psychology and I, um, I work a lot with positive psychology because um, A, it reminded me a little bit of Buddhism and a lot of things that I've learned uh, within my own yoga journey, um, but gives now a lot of science to it and a lot of research. And I appreciate anything that we can, you know, kind of like find also some, some evidence within science. And um so one of the things that I came across is A, every evolution within you, every kind of um, maybe improvement, you know, let's, let's use the word improvement, but everything that you're bringing in onto the next step happens from a place of positive emotions. Because when we feel positive emotions is when our um, nervous system, if you're in flight, which you're very familiar with, calms down. And that's when our brain becomes more creative. We need creativity in order to find solutions for obstacles and problems. We won't be able to necessarily find the solutions for the obstacles that we are facing. And if we are consistently operating from a fear of flight position, fear and flight is what we usually experience as stress, right? 
And in order to overcome the stress, what's really important is to place ourselves into a position where we feel safe and where we allow ourselves to experience the full experience of our emotions. So not just positive, but also negative ones, or I call them complex and uplifting emotions, because every emotion is just a circle. It's just a circle of dynamic that is going within us. So if we are not allowing ourselves to feel the complex, difficult emotions, we are also tempering down the positive ones, the ones that we want to feel. So you cannot have the one side of the cake without the other, basically, you know, you cannot, you cannot put just flour and water and make, make a cake. You need to have also the eggs or substitute for eggs if you're vegan, whatever, but you need something (laughs) that's binding the thing. (coughs) Sorry. And It's so important for women in that regard to understand that you need to experience your anger because that what is going to give you an understanding of which kind, which boundaries and values have been broken and learn to verbalize your anger. Same thing for men, you know, for men, it's also really important to feel and experience vulnerability. It's really important for men to experience kindness softness but also you know complex emotions such as love and you said in some correspondence before you came on the show that um you said this sentence my life is self-determined and based on my own rules so can you just like expand on that a little bit tell me what that means for you and for your life Mm -hmm. yeah so you know because because i grew up as uh, as an immigrant in germany and went through all the different obstacles and parts also racism and beliefs that other people were carrying. I uh, decided for myself at some point that I, I need to stop caring what other people think. I need to stop caring about what other people think that I should do and who I am and what it means to be that person. So I also quite early on stopped caring about what people think, what a young woman should do and how she should behave. That wasn't easy and it gave me a lot of friction in a lot of areas uh, and even still nowadays does. You know, I mean, I am right now more in the southern part of the United States uh, as someone that has grown up in Germany with a Polish background that, that can be quite interesting sometimes sure. because I'm not, I'm not the polite person. I'm not the southern polite person, especially not when I believe that people are saying things that... Um, put boundaries around others. So what does it mean for me to live my life self-determined? No matter, you know, like when I decided to move to South Africa, people were telling me, you are killing your career. What are you doing? This is not the right step. You know, you're going to be poor, blah, 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 all all sorts of things. For me to live a self-determined life means really to break through all of that and stop taking on other people's opinion as my own. It's really about moving forward and trusting my own instinct, trusting my own feelings and understanding and learning what is it that's holding me back on who is it that I want to be. So I really like to sometimes use, you know, the the concept of becoming. I think that I'm always in the process of becoming and I'm, I'm a perpetuate learner. You know, the more I learn, the more I know what I don't know, the more I have to learn, you know, it can be sometimes, uh, you know, a little bit tiring, but at the same time, I think that that 
comes in with that energy and that comes back also to that whole I guess um love for emotions you know understanding that our emotions are our internal energy but at the same time they are our internal compass and that's what we need to learn to connect with again in order to understand what it is that we want to achieve in our lives and how we want to live our lives so really looking inwards instead of looking outwards because you know whatever is right in one society or culture is wrong in in the next so how can we ever operate from a standpoint where we believe that our culture is doing something right or wrong it's more so about understanding how is it that i'm feeling and how do I want to feel? Therefore, also, how do I want that other people feel around me? And I want everyone to feel uplifted and joyful. I really believe that the core of life is actually to bring in joy into our life. It's because it's not in our human nature to be joyful. It is something that we have to work on. But it is what really makes us, you know, connect with one another, be creative, come up with new ideas. And how, you know, I mean, and I'm sure you see that also on your, uh, in your daily work, you know, when people, when you're taking away some pain and you're doing it, you're taking away the pain on a physical basis, right? I'm trying to do it on a psychological basis. And you take away the pain and there's that joy in their faces, that literally that enlightenment, like, ah, oh, I feel free in that moment. And that's really for me, you know, like self-determined life is for me to bring in joy and to understand how we can create more joy. Awesome. I love it. The guests that I have on the show on the regular, they're usually up to something amazing. And it's very clear that this is the case here, Kinga. So my listeners are always intrigued to know what are these amazing people up to in their own personal growth? So you've alluded to this already, um, but I would love it if you would share, is there a specific habit or routine that you're currently working on improving in your life right now? And, and what are, what are you finding challenging about it? How is it serving you? What, what can you share with us? Okay. So, um, and routines look different for everyone, right? So don't be, <laughs> but what I'm working on right now is um, to, and I've managed it, Monday and Friday is for me and for my own self-development. So I'm not seeing any clients on Monday or Friday. I'm not doing anything that is per se work related within my business. So no, no finances, no meetings with, uh, you know, bookkeepers or lawyers or whoever PR, whatever it is. So just from Tuesday till Thursday, which seems like a really short work week, right. Uh, to just block out three days where I, where I have clients, where I, you know, meet with people where I know that I'm going to have to push myself and work. So Monday, um, is, is kind of like the extension of my weekend, I would say almost. I do things such as, you know, for example, talk, speaking with you, you know, for a podcast or something. But I know it has to be things that are going to feed my own creativity, help me to write. I, I am currently writing on a book. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm trying to create that additional space. And then Fridays is to really be able to take the additional time to reflect on actually what, what happened. And, and again, I know that it seems like well, three days where you are going out and really doing your business seems short, but I've also learned that 
I need to be able to give myself some time to reflect on it. And I need to have the Saturday and Sunday really just for, for friends and family. Because if I'm not doing that, A, they are going crazy. And they are, you know, <laughs> uh, complaining. So I, I, I needed to have really that time where I'm like, okay, this is for friends and family. And then I need to have two days where I can actually reflect on my own thoughts. I can reflect on my own work and understand where are the areas that I need to work on. So that's, and it's, it has been challenging, you know, to say, hey, uh, I cannot, I cannot schedule you on a Monday. I cannot schedule you on a Friday. <laughs> so, um, but that's something that, yeah, it's, um, it's kind of actually really simple, but it has given me much more peace and has allowed me to really not um, have anxiety, you know, and stress. I love it. I, I think it's great. And it's similar to my schedule. I see all of my patients on, and clients Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then I have other things that like, like a podcast recording yeah. on a Monday. Um, and I have other things, but my schedule is very similar. So I, I think it's genius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to a segment. And I mentioned this to you before we started recording. And this is called, what are you into lately? So in many episodes in the past, uh, my listeners have heard me share what podcasts I've been listening to or what books I've been reading or what random internet hilarity I've found. And I feel like they might like it too. So mm -hmm. I usually share something that I'm loving, that I'm finding useful or practical or just something that is pure fun. Mm -hmm. So Kinga is a good sport and I've just sprung this on her just before we started recording, but she has agreed to play along. So I'm going to go first to show her how it works. And then uh, that'll give you some extra time to think about it, Kinga. All right. So for me this week, mine is fun. I'm into a TV show that I've been watching with my husband and it's on Disney plus and it's called only murders in the building. And that doesn't sound like it's fun, but it's with Steve Martin and Martin short, who people might remember are comedians who so they're older, they're in their seventies, but I remember them from second city and from Saturday night live and all the fun movies that they've done. And then also Selena Gomez, who most people would know as a like a pop star, a singer, she is in the show as well. And the whole premise is that these three who have nothing in common live in the same building and they're obsessed with um, true crime podcasts. And then there happens to be a murder in their building and then they team up and the three of them have like hilarity uh, about creating their own podcast and trying to solve the murder in the building. So it's a very fun show. It's not super cerebral and I recommend it. So that's what I'm into this week. How about you, Kinga? What are you into this week? So funny, you know, I hope that uh, I feel like uh, Apple TV should now sponsor your episode. <laughs> it's Ted Lasso, you know, the series Ted Lasso. Oh, I, everyone tells me I need to watch this. And so far, I've not seen it, it yet. And it's so funny. Okay, so um, I think that the logo and, and maybe the, the first picture of it isn't appealing. And that's the reason why a lot of people are not watching it. But once you start watching it, it's pretty brilliant. They used tons of positive psychology in it and action. And that's the reason okay. why I love it. You know, it's a great example of how leadership um, and hopefully all future leadership uh, will look like, you know, really empowering, not, um, not empowering, but creating spaces for people to feel safe. Um, it's very funny. It's very, I have to say, it's a, I don't know, a very clever series, you know, made in a funny and light way. So that's what I've been up to. And um, I binged watched parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I've been told by 
a handful of people lately that I need to get on this. So I will put it on my list as well to, to watch Ted Lasso. Awesome. All right. You have a generous free resource to share with my listeners that um, will help them to build some confidence and clarity in their professional and private lives. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and where they can find it and sign up for it? Yeah. Great question. Wow. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited actually, if I may, because I think, I think that I didn't sh- share that with you before. So yeah. So um, I created a technically a freebie, which I turned now into a magazine, which is a living document. So it is on clarity and confidence. So it all goes into the topic of, of emotions and how can you really connect deeper with your emotions and then reprogram them. Uh, and uh, I started it just as a freebie, but now I came to the conclusion that I want to have it as a quarterly magazine. So once you sign up to the first one, you will receive the next ones as well. And what I did is I connected with several colleagues of mine within the industry and inspiring people that came across my way and asked them all to also add on something to it. So right now I'm working on recording some meditation even for it. There are exercises in it, um, really with questions and articles that um, are there to help you. The first version is now about, I think, 30 or 36 pages long, but... Stay tuned. We are expanding it. Okay. Um, And I'm saying it in such excitement, really, because I'm excited for it to, it's really valuable and it's going to be an official magazine. It's going to be registered. We are in the process of it, you know, so for everyone that isn't on the list, they will be able to purchase it. But if you're on the list, you will receive it. Okay. So how do we get on the list? You can get on the list. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, So... You can get on the list just by uh, subscribing to the regular newsletter or just go directly on the freebie subscription, which is um, available through a link on my Instagram. Um, You can also just contact me through a DM on LinkedIn or Instagram. Just let me know that you would like to be added to it and you would like to receive the first issue. With the first issue, you will receive a link that will be then on a regular basis updated so you can just access it. Okay. So for anybody listening, I will put links to these things in the show notes and, um, your Instagram handle is what Kinga? It's doctor dot and then Kinga Manish. And that's it. (laughs) All right. I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. Amazing. All right. And that said, um, you might've just answered that, but is that the best place for people to reach you on the socials is through Instagram? Yes. Yes. Well, mostly actually LinkedIn. I'm more on LinkedIn. Uh, honestly, I'm trying to also move away a little bit more from uh, the Facebook family. Um, And the other place is really my website. Um, So you can also email me. I am getting my emails. I am reading through them. I do have an assistant also that helps me uh, to navigate through them, but I answer all emails. Okay, fantastic. All right. So uh, once again, I will put all of those links in the show notes. And Dr. Kinga, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your voice and your wisdom and your story with the Improvement Project community. Is there any final thought that you would like to share with us as we all continue on the path to becoming a better version of ourselves? Enjoy the small moments. (laughs) Really try to focus maybe this week, you know, take a... Uh, take this week just as an exercise and see, you know, uh, where you can actually enjoy all the small moments where you're releasing maybe some pain or some difficult emotions and just focus on it and then celebrate it. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for serving in the way you do. And thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Peggy, for having me. And thank you for putting this podcast together. 
And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my special guest, Dr. Kenga Manish. For questions or comments, send an email to The Improvement Project at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get my attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find this podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, please pass it on. And we also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join our community. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it. Hey, before you go, I want to share this because I think it may be just what you're looking for to help you get on track with your habits and routines. Most busy people know that they should be doing something different to lock in good habits and routines to take care of themselves. They know that they should get consistent with their healthy habits and self-care. They know that they should eat better, drink more water, move their bodies more, and manage their stress better. They know that they would feel better if they created a calm home and working environment, surrounded themselves with people who support their big dreams and goals, and tuned into being grateful for it all every day. Despite knowing this, they often just don't do anything about it. They just keep doing what they have been doing. How about you? Are you ready to get some help and get your good, healthy habits on track by finally doing something about it? I can help. As a habits accountability coach, I work with clients one-on-one to help them get consistent with their health and self-care habits. This one-on-one coaching program helps people like you in making better choices for your habits and routines, as well as keeping you accountable to those new choices. I will work with you over 12 weeks to decrease procrastination and decision fatigue and to increase consistency, self-awareness, and productivity. We will work together on your habits challenges and help you to take control of your health and happiness. It's time to say yes to your needs more often and say no to everything that does not serve you. If you would like to work with me in this 12-week, one-on-one, life-changing habits accountability coaching, or if you would like more information, send me a DM on Instagram or send an email to drpeggy at drpeggymalone.com. I'll send you all the details and help you get on track to be your happiest and healthiest and overall best version of you. Let's get after it.